we're live. Our very first. How's it feel to be my first? Feels pretty good to be your first. I like it. I can't lie. I like it. So hey everybody, it's the Might not be my first. Wobbly Arrow with uh, Justin Horn and Jimmy Neese. Thanks for tuning in this first, very first podcast. It might be kind of rough, you know how you watch little t-ballers on the t-ball field. Like good gravy. At least Marie. I'm We're gonna miss the ball a few times. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. We might strike out, but we're gonna keep getting up there and swinging. We're not gonna go down looking. Well, even on a tee ball, you know, if we put the ball on a tee, we're still gonna strike out. That's a really good reference. Jim. That's <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't want to set the bar too high. No, you don't want to set it too high. No. But uh, this is Justin Horn. Uh, a little bit about ourselves. I'm uh, just I work for CSX. I travel on the road, do little things, and and uh, we're all. You know, just hard-class working citizens. This is kind of homosexual that we're talking about ourselves, but we're going to do it anyway because it is our first podcast, and we don't know what to do with our hands right now. <laughs> and, <laughs> go ahead. So, I'm Jimmy Neese. Uh, I've uh, got three jobs, actually, right now. I keep pretty busy. I am uh, work for a John Deere dealership during the day, and then in the evenings and weekends, I um, run a bow shop. And then also, on top of that, I've got a 3D archery course that keeps me pretty busy. So when my truly downtime is Saturday night and Sunday, I'm actually humping it out on the 3D course, trying to make improvements and keep things up and stuff like that. So yeah, you're humping on it. I'm, I'm pretty busy most of the time, but uh, Justin and I both have a, have a love for, for podcasts. Um, we both love to laugh. And as we talked back and forth, we thought, why don't we do our own podcast? I mean... So here we are in a bow shop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're in a bow shop uh, uh, doing nothing. Sweating a little bit, but doing not a whole lot. Just trying well, to record Sweating from the fireball or sweating because it's hot? It's mostly from the fireball. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so without, you know, uh, I don't know what that word's supposed to be. And I'm, I'm Without totally too much ado? Without too much ado, <laughs> uh, I would like to bring in our first guest. Special guest. Special guest. He's come a long way. The Buckless Youper. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> oh, we love the Buckless Youper. Uh, thanks for having me, you know. I've been wanting to do a podcast for a lot of years, you know, and I just uh, never got around to it, and these guys invited me down here, and, man, I was pumped up, I tell you. Pumped up. John Brinkman is an accomplished bow hunter. That hasn't killed a buck since 2013. <laughs> but uh, I ain't killed a buck since 2013 because I let them pass, you know, just to, so they'll grow, you know. You don't let them go. I don't, yeah, if you don't let them go, they ain't going to grow. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, and you know, it'll happen. Uh, I'm on a quest to get a booner, but uh, the reason they call me the Buckless Youper is because I'm actually from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and uh uh, everybody from that's the UP, and they call everybody from up there Youpers, and I ain't never got a buck up there. So that was a really long explanation. So, we didn't. But need. you're oh, buckless sorry. from you're buckless from <laughs> you're buckless from 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 2013, just in the UP or down here in Indiana, Illinois. Everywhere, yeah. I'm I pretty much let them ball go. So you haven't drawn back on a buck. I did last year. Did you let an arrow go? No. No, I, uh, he hasn't fired an arrow. I had a nice, as a matter of fact, I had a nice uh, three-year-old last year, and he probably had a, I don't know, he's a nice 10-point. Actually, he made a scrape right under my tree, and I drew back on him, and 
I thought it was my buddy's buck, you know, that he had. And he said he was a two-year-old, and I, I knew he wasn't. But uh, anyway, I ended up letting down and letting him go. So this year he'll be four. He ought to be a pretty big deer. So uh, if I get a chance at him again, I'll probably put an arrow in the boiler room, you know what I mean? Yeah, you'll try. And don't worry, folks. We will follow the adventures of the buckless Huber. Yeah, yes, right. we will. We'll keep you updated. Keep you updated on the We may have to do Huber. some live look-ins next fall. Yeah, live, sure. yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. But I do sure. appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, especially on your first podcast. I mean, this is uh, it's pretty neat, you know, something to be a part of this. You know, you should be extremely proud that you're on this podcast. I am. Yeah. You are a little bit inconsiderate, I will say. <laughs> as, as he gets distracted by the TV. <laughs> Oh, this is great. This is fun. So here's here's our goal. We laid down a couple goals. The first thing we wanted to do was save the world and then um, do the show from the moon. No, really. What we want to do is we want to have fun. We want to drop some knowledge. We are not experts by any means, um, but we've been around the block a time or two on a lot of situations. So, uh, you know, there's strength in numbers, so we're going to share our information. Maybe you can use some of it. Maybe you think we're idiots. We don't care. We're just here to have fun and drop a little bit of knowledge. So Justin's got a few ideas, I think, or, or things to talk about today that we're probably going to get to. And, and not and <clears throat> you've heard our background for the most part, but it's not just what we do uh, is what makes it, you know, a little bit special. Well, even just us three here today, you've got two accomplished bow hunters. You got Jimmy and you got Sean, and uh, that which is uh, the buckless you. UP guy <laughs> and uh but but you got jimmy you got sean who both killed they've killed monster deer they've outsmarted these deer they know what they're doing you got jimmy who runs a bow shop he's got several trainings and 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 what to do how to do it and, and how to work on bows and just setting up your equipment in general and then me myself not to boast but there i, I have dabbled into the traditional archery and i have killed several deer i got a nice buck last year on traditional so i have a little bit of input on that too so uh, if with all I do, let's uh, get a little handy dandy list out here, and uh, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> now, what is your guys' take on this this fan hunting, and uh, and not just fan hunting? I mean, you gotta you gotta we gotta get a little deeper into it. But fan hunting, you see a lot of these guys doing it on public ground. Let's let's b before we get too deep into it. Yeah. For the people who may not know, what okay. is fan hunting? Fan hunting is. Where you're literally taking a turkey fan, and that some of them don't have a uh, a gun rest on them, or they do, or they hook up to something. But you're literally crawling behind just a turkey fan, and uh, getting as close as you can to a turkey, and which some people are getting pretty close. And uh, you're trying to make yourself look like a turkey, and then you're killing a turkey. If I say turkey again, I'm probably going to shoot myself in the face. So that's what turkey hunting is with a turkey fan. Okay. Gotcha. Turkey, turkey, turkey. Turkey. <laughs> oh, hey, speaking of turkey, did you know I did a song? No, I didn't know you did a song. Oh, I did a song. It's fantastic. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's fantastic. How can you not like that song? I put so much time and effort into that thing. <laughs> yes, you did. And it sounds beautiful, Jim. I, I figured it would. Yeah, yeah, I figured it would. See, even our fans like it. Oh, yeah, they're loving it. Yeah, they're loving it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The youpers, <laughs> the youpers love it. You guys can't try talking like that if you ain't from there. But anyway, you know, Justin was talking about fan, and, and uh, opening day was Wednesday, April 26th. Uh, it's just past Wednesday, and I actually killed my first turkey with a gun. 
That's right. You did. It was with the fan, too, wasn't it? It was. And uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, turkey would have came within five yards, but I shot him at 20, you know, because the pattern on that choke was really tight. So I wanted to get him. Well, he so was you, out there, you were behind the fan? Yeah. Calling? Yeah. And he was coming towards the fan? Well, actually, I had a buddy uh, 30 yards behind me, and uh, to act kind of like the hen was going away, you know, from the tom. Okay. And yep. uh, and I was probably five yards out into the field, and uh, basically that, that tom that was 80 yards away couldn't see me. So I raised that fan up real high and, you know, turned it around a little bit. Not TV. No. Yeah. But, uh, Just so everybody knows, he literally has his arm in the air, and he is waving it back and forth right now. But anyway, what we did was we got the attention of that Tom that was all by himself down there. Right. And that Tom saw that fan going back and forth, and my buddy started yipping and yelling behind me and clucking, and he came on a string. And like I said, he probably had ran me over, but I shot him in the face. That's good. And uh, it was... It's just an amazing tactic that I think. Uh, but the only thing is, is we got to talk about, too, is safety. Right. Because there's been a couple of guys getting shot. You know, there's hunters out there. They see a turkey fan. You know, they're trigger happy or, you know. Hey, yeah, we're yeah. just shooting way too far. I, I, as far as me, I've never I've never tried it. Uh, and uh, we can't argue. Uh, we got a guy that killed one this year uh, with a turkey fan. And you, you can't argue. It is a really fantastic tactic. Well, it's effective. Yeah. It's effective without a doubt. Um, my only concern, and, and I, I've turkey hunted a little bit, never with, with fanning. I've never done anything like that. But Jimmy wasn't going to drink today. <laughs> wow. He's a comedian. Making himself laugh. Um, I've never never seen the fans. Never. <laughs> I do like that. I've uh, not seen the fans in person. I've seen some on TV. I saw a video on the internet where a guy shot a turkey with the pistol. Right. Mm-hmm. Like a shotgun style pistol. How close was that bird? Oh, it five, couple six feet. feet. Yeah, maybe. Took the head off with yeah. with that pistol. So there's no question it's effective. My complaint is, and I know there's a lot of hunters this way, and I wish there wasn't. Is we need to do a better job as hunters of identifying the target. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm guilty because there's shots I won't take that most people probably would just because I want to spend that extra few seconds making sure that what i'm looking at is really what i'm looking at nobody likes the wound animal either i mean yeah. that's just if, if if you like hunting or if you're into hunting whatsoever an ethical shot is just is the most is the best thing you can do so uh, but like i said on public ground it's almost guaranteed you know and not trying to put anybody down you know hunting public ground is, is very respectable because not a lot of people can do it and not a lot of people can afford to lease or have their own ground so Correct. you know that's yep. just that's just the way it goes but if, if i'm sure you guys can agree uh public there's just there's a bunch of idiots there's a lot of idiots that hunt public ground because anybody can go out and buy a hunting license and buy a shotgun and then go out and just look for turkeys and what's happening is, is these guys are or got their camo, they spent a bunch of money on camo, a bunch of money on a fan or decoys, and just like the, the video we saw, the guy had the fan attached to his back, and he was sitting on a, a downed log, which kind of set up off the ground a little bit, and that fan sat right under that log, and somebody came up behind him while they were calling, and uh, just popped off a shot, shot him right in the back, and, uh, and that's one of your idiots, I mean, it, Anybody who's anybody can tell the difference between a fan that's sitting there and a full turkey. Yeah. And you would hope. Yeah, you would hope. But the whole discussion is is should it be allowed on public ground? 
I, I, I understand that that's kind of taken away from some people if it wasn't, but... Well, know, that, that kind of goes along the same lines as uh, uh, Indiana, you know. They just uh, legalized high-powered rifles for deer hunting, but only on private ground. Right. You know, not on public land. I think mainly because of that reason, you know. Right, and I don't think this is talked about enough. I, I mean, I'm sure social media is blowing up pretty good, but I don't think the, the whole turkey fan thing, because it is kind of new, is being talked about at all. In, in, You're right. I, I asked three different guys in the shop today. Um, I said, hey, what do you guys think about this turkey fan stuff and, and how people are getting shot? And, and they said, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, oh, really? You haven't seen it yet on social media? And they hadn't right. seen it yet. So, I mean, it's good to talk about and get out there. Me, personally, I would not hunt public ground with something like that. Uh, you're, you're, you're really asking. I mean, with, on public ground, when you know there's a lot of people everywhere, uh, especially I live right next to Chinook, uh, and you can't, if you're going to go park and go hunt, you're going to park next to somebody. Yeah. And go in and just, just hoping nobody's there. Before I got my lease a few years ago, that's all I hunted was public ground. And it was, you know, it was a little iffy sometimes. <laughs> so would you run into people? Yeah. Every now and then you run into somebody or you'd have somebody walk under your stand or something like that. And you get to the point to where you just don't get mad at it because uh, there's really not a whole lot you can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's And they're doing the same thing you're doing. Yeah. They're there to harvest They're animal. there to harvest an That's right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't think I could do the turkey fan. Even if I was on my own private ground that was facing a road or where you could see, had sight line from the road, I would be a little leery of having that fan out there. You know, that brings up another thing. Everybody talks about poaching, yep. and everybody laughs about it, but there's a lot of people out there that will literally stop their car and just pop a shot off. Oh, yeah. These idiots will stop out in front of somebody's house and kill a deer or kill a turkey or something, yep. and yep. it is absolutely stupid. Yep. I don't understand it whatsoever. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. It's kind of selfish. But uh, kind of off the safety thing, you know, I killed that. My last two turkeys I killed were with a bow. And I decided to go this year with a gun because I don't think I could have got my bow drawn, you know, with that fan. But there's a technique to that, you know. Uh, if you had a buddy and you had two fans, you know, you could put two fans up and then... Uh, would give you enough coverage, you know, to draw your bow. Yeah. And uh, so, and they got stakes on them, you know, you can stake them in the ground so they don't fall, but uh, it's a great method. I love it. Other than the, the safety factor, <coughs> I had success and, you know, I seen it right there and it was uh, fun. And I and I don't think there's a problem with doing it on on your private land and going out and, you know, having fun with it. I mean, because I, I, I couldn't imagine – getting that close to a turkey and they're gobbling and they're coming at you like they're ready to fight. They're just they're ready to whoop some ass. I mean that's that's just yeah. what they're getting ready to do. And it's 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 just it's awesome. Uh, this seems like it'd be a lot of fun. I really want to try it. But uh, I'm trying to get one with a recurve and I'm realizing that I'm not doing very good at it. We're gonna get one in the morning though. <laughs> we're yeah, not... we're gonna have Justin Horn, the Turkless Indiana the Hoosier. Turkless Indiana <laughs> Turkless Hoosier eh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so you say you shot two with a bow. If I don't recall, uh, one of those was at 50 yards, wasn't it? It was. I shot them at 52 <laughs> yards, to be exact. <laughs> and, uh, you got a 52-yard <laughs> pin on that rig? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I just put my 50-yard pin on him, and uh, he only walked 10 yards uh, after I shot him. But uh, well, it, it, it might have been uh, 
Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper. It might have been pretty. A lot of people will say, hey, that's pretty irresponsible, you know, taking a 50-yard shot on a turkey. But that particular year, I, I practiced a lot. I, I think I came to Jimmy's there, uh, his his annual, his first, uh, what do you call that, inaugural shoot? Inaugural shoot. Yeah, yeah I went yeah. to that inaugural shoot, and I was, you know, I was pretty pretty good with my bow. And, uh, you hear anyway. that, ladies and gentlemen? If you come to Osage Creek Archers, you can take 50-yard shots. <laughs> oh, yeah, well. <laughs> At turkeys. <laughs> At turkeys. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I might, you know, 50 yards might not. I'm sure there's a lot of accomplished bow hunters, you know, going to listen to this. But 50-yard uh, shot's a long shot, and uh, the only reason I did take it was because that turkey was out in the wide open. He wasn't under any duress. He didn't have any hens with him. He wasn't strutting. He was just eating. And uh, I took the shot and... Uh, Almost like you smoked him. I did smoke him. And, uh, you know, I thank the Lord after that. And uh, it was a good day. You know, a lot of people uh, eat, talk about unethical long shots. Your, your longest shot all depends on what, you know, your abilities are to shoot. I mean, as far as traditional archery, a lot of people get mad at Fred Eichler for... Uh, name drop pick that back up and uh they, but they they get on him because you know he'll take a 40 yard shot if he's comfortable with it and because uh, he shoots uh he doesn't string walk string walk means that you actually move your hand to uh adjust for how far away your game is but he doesn't do that he shoots just straight traditional it's it's, it's all feel completely instinctive and completely instinctive and uh uh, and everybody gets mad at him for taking a long shot. But, you know, I personally would never do that. But if I felt comfortable at 40 yards, you better believe I'd take the shot. Well, you even yards. mentioned last year, Justin, that you passed on a nice bucket, what, 30? Yeah, at least 170-inch bucket. For, it was 40 yards. 40 yards, was. okay. And I had to sit there and watch it for 30. It had been 30 minutes. It felt like 10 hours. But it would have been the biggest buck of my life. I, did, I, I shortly after that, on the same day, I killed my first traditional buck. It was about 120 inches and uh, respectable. And But he was at five yards. So, you know, it, it, it paid off in the end not taking that shot because I probably would not have hit it. I'd probably, and if I would have, it would have probably been a bad shot. And see, guys, that's coming from someone who I've watched shoot traditional, and he can shoot. That's He's right. not just out there flinging arrows. That boy can shoot. He can flat kill with the recurve bow. So... If he's saying, you know, hey, 40 was too much and he had to watch 170-class deer, that's that's a lot of willpower there, and you did the right thing. Yeah, uh, so, uh, but, you know, taking animals, it's it's completely based on who you are. It's, it's the situation, too. Yeah, you, people can take deer at 100 yards with a bow if they practice at 100 yards, yep. and they can put it in a pie plate. Yep. That's just simple. It's and not well, just like a couple years ago, this deer behind you, kicker, I had him on um, – video camera on my game camera videos and, and pictures he was about 60 yard, 50 to 60 yards from my stand and he was there all summer long and I thought I practiced all summer long at 70 yards just pumping them in there and I was shooting some really good groups at 70 just knowing that a buck this big a buck this old I'm probably he's going to give me one chance maybe during the year and it's going to be at you know 50 60 yards and I practiced till I felt like I was comfortable now had he showed up, long story short, he ended up coming in behind me at 16 yards. Right. So, a great shot. Yeah. <laughs> After practicing 70 all summer long, it's 16 yards, kind of like a chip shot. But had he come out at, let's say he came out at 50 yards, just because I practiced all summer long at 70 yards and I could hit your skull cam 10 arrows out of 10 arrows at 70 yards, doesn't mean that at 50 I would have been comfortable. The wind would have had to have been perfect. You know, I would have had to have a little bit of wind. Um, he would have had to have been feeding, standing still broadside with nothing behind him, no other animals behind him. Your um, adrenaline. 
Yeah. Yeah. You throw the adrenaline in there. I mean, there's a lot of factors going into that whether or not I'm actually going to pull the trigger and take the shot. You know. A lot. Of, yeah, and I, it, it, a weather. I mean, every everything else yeah. is just it, it. It you you base it on if you're a good hunter, you base it on how you feel and and feeling. I mean, I understand that sounds just just a quite a little homosexual, but it's but it really is the way you feel and is and how. Uh, it's, it's supposed to work. I, I, that's just how you're supposed to take the shot. And I, you know, I'll tell you that all the year. I guess I've been bow hunting since uh, 2003, so I really haven't been bow hunting that long. But uh, I've noticed that throughout the years, confidence is uh, the biggest, uh, one of my biggest factors in hunting is confidence. If you have confidence in your equipment and yourself, you're gonna be a better hunter. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And and the uh, the youper over here, he knows for a fact that uh, it doesn't always work out the way you want. I uh, me and him went hunting, and we'd never killed anything together because me and the youper hunt together quite a bit. And uh, I had a nice 140 class deer come 10 yards under my stand, and I shot it directly in the hind end. Uh, that deer lived, and, but uh, it was quartered away, and turns out. Somebody didn't check their equipment like they were supposed to. And, uh, I'm, <laughs> so basically, what you're saying is you're a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. But I shouldn't oh, slap the table. I better bring out the Yeah, that's probably but, hard on a speaker, too. Probably right? a little. Yeah. <laughs> Technician, you. But yeah, you know, and in that particular hunt, uh, you know, we were pumped up. We gave him a while, and there was blood everywhere. Yeah, a lot of blood. We I had mean, blood everywhere. We had a 300-yard blood trail, and uh, we thought we got the artery, but uh, it just goes to show his, uh, I think in that particular case, his lighted knock was not uh, installed correctly, yeah. and it came off and all kinds of crap. I ended up figuring out that uh, the lighted knocks that I bought had a little nipple that was in between. Ty said nipple. Can nipple. You, you can't say nipple on a podcast. <laughs> oh, the crowd went nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oh, um, no. Technical yeah. difficulties. No, I don't pause it, man. <laughs> but, 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 but it had a little nipple in there. And what I figured out was, is the way my string was entering into the knock uh, against the nipple, because it pushed the nipple down and it actually turned the knock on. Yeah, I've seen those. Uh, it, it actually made my arrow shoot a good foot to the left and it was quartered away and on the, it was on the right side of the deer and that's what exactly what happened i shot a foot to the left and that you know and that was at 20 yards this was probably 22 23 yards is probably what it was and uh it shot i shot, I shot him right in the hind end I, I like i said we got good blood we, we actually tracked that deer with the utmost confidence that it was going to be 10 yards in front of us i mean we had buckets of blood buckets of blood everywhere and uh, we didn't even have to get down and look for blood, and uh, but just found a little circle. He licked it up, and, it and you gone. know that's that that could be a whole another subject for another podcast. But look at your equipment. I've been at a three D shoot before, drawn down on a it was a coyote target at like twenty three, twenty four yards. It was a slam, one of those slam dunk shots where you draw down and you're like, oh my gosh, I can see the twelve. I got this baby. When I executed the shot, my arrow went about three feet in front of its nose into the creek bank. Really? And I'm like, what in the world just happened? I spun around looking at two guys I was with, and they're kind of smarts on their face, shrugging their shoulders like, hey, you screwed up. <laughs> so I went and looked, found out that the back of my arrow was cracked. My knock came out at the shot, 
and lucky I didn't get injured. But anyway, that's why I missed my feet. Yeah. It was bad. So Always that's my fault for not checking out the arrows closer. Yeah. You know, so. And uh, uh, speaking of equipment, um, not to uh, jive on the subject here, change the subject. But uh, what do you guys think about small kids? When I say little kids, I mean, you know, six, seven, eight years old. Uh, literally just people putting crossbows in their hands so they can go hunt. What is your take on this? Oh, that's a good question. Well, uh, I personally think it's fine as long as you're that type of example for your kid that takes them out in the yard and practices and practices and practices. And uh, But if you just want to go up, if you're just this Joe Schmo that don't know nothing about hunting and you think, well, I want my, my kid to kill a deer with a crossbow because he can't pull enough weight for the state requirement, uh, I think that's irresponsible of us of, or whoever. But uh, but with practice, I think it's fine. You yeah, know? It's fine. I, 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 you know, and, and I, I agree with you to a point, but I, I think one of my main pet peeves is is kids or kids, man. They, they, they mess up, and, I mean, that's just a part of life, but uh, they're just irresponsible just because they're just not old, old enough or mature enough. And uh, for a kid to get excited at a deer with a crossbow in their hand, and all it's going to take is them moving their hand and pulling the trigger, and then they've lost a finger or, yes, you know, or something point. like that. And you see it all the time, every year. I mean, because, man, the, those bows ain't nothing to mess with. I mean, they're, you're talking a lot of power. Yeah, a couple, 150 pounds, uh, a lot of speed. and you Whack your thumb right yeah, off. Yeah, it just comes right off. I mean, just or, or stick an arrow through your hand or a bust or, or anything. And just like, like you said, if you've got somebody who's watched and, and they get it and the kids know what they're doing, that's fine. But I think at a certain age, you know, a young age, I don't believe you should put one in the hands of a kid just because the simple fact is you don't know what they're going to do when a deer is in front of them. I, I can see your point. I can see your point. Um, I wonder if uh, – part of me wonders if – so is it situational, you know, let's say that someone that you know and respect who would spend the time in the yard, like Sean mentioned, you know, practicing, what if they were in charge and they took them? You know what I mean? And they're holding the crossbow until it's the time to shoot, and they're taking care of keep your hands low. You know what I mean? You know, a, a stand would probably help that too. Instead of them actually having their hand up under that string. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess that would that would that would help a lot. Yeah. That you know. I just I, I think back to when we tried to get Carter's first deer. Um, how much trouble we had even with the firearm. Just he was snake bit. We just could not could not make it happen. <laughs> having that much trouble with uh with the firearm i can't imagine him at that age and size trying to get it done with the crossbow yeah and they're a lot heavier yeah they're they're much heavier unless you spend a whole lot of money on one but let's face it ain't none of us here uh, as far as us anyway at this these three at this table got that much money just to drop on stuff just so your kids can go out and kill a deer at a young age i mean yeah that it it's just, it just doesn't work that way with a lot of people i mean none of this equipment that we use is is cheap no i agree <laughs> it's not, i agree that's like when i order stuff for the bow shop i'm like oh hey i got something here and 
you know, it's a little bitty 12 by 12 by 12 box, and there's like six items in there. You're like, hey, this is 900 bucks. <laughs> People are like, uh-uh. It's like, yeah, it really is. Yeah, it doesn't take long to rack up some money in no, the bull equipment. Yeah, just think of these releases. We we were shooting today. We were shooting earlier. All these releases had six of them laid on the table people brought in because I'm buying a new bow. I want to go to a, a four-finger or a three-finger Actually, uh, what do they call it? Thumb trigger. Thumb trigger release, yeah. yes. Some called thumb buttons. Thumb buttons, whatever you want to call it. I yep. really don't care. And, uh, but I want to go to that and just to make myself a little more accurate because I feel it will. And uh, I, th- all those releases, the cheapest one was $200 just laying out on the table to try out. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's a lot of money, especially. It's yeah. at least half a day's work for these railroad guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also have three kids and... Uh, I don't get a whole lot of that money that I make. Three kids, two Ever. wives, a girlfriend. That's right, two yeah. wives. I'm a Mormon. That's oh, right. you're a Mormon. Yeah, I'm a Mormon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got four kids, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I laid a lot of pipe back in the day. But anyway, <laughs> you won't. Uh, but, yeah. In- By seven different women. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, I hate that door's cracking right there. But anyway, um, I do know one thing that's... Uh, I do know one thing that's uh, these crossbow companies have been trying to uh, be a little safer. You know, they got the finger guards, and uh, yeah, you under know, the, and the stock there. Yeah, right? some do, some don't. You yeah. get them older crossbows; they don't have a guard there, so them kids are, they'll put their hand right on that stock. Could you imagine having buck fever and just grabbing hold of that? No, no, no. no. And, uh, so you know, I guess with the proper equipment, you know, back to your question. Yeah. Uh, with the proper equipment and the proper experience and practice, I think it's okay. But uh, just a cheap crossbow, putting it in your kids' hands—that's not okay. No, it's not. I, no. You know what? That's a good. That's nope. a good darn conclusion right there. It, it is. is. That's uh, settled. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up while you guys had me on here was uh, ticks, because uh, well, we got kids in a room, so I like can't nervous really... ticks. No. Well, <laughs> oh, I got them too, but uh, my wife will tell you that. But uh, hey. <laughs> We had kind of a mild, uh, we had a mild uh, winter, so you know it was, it was warm. So I think the ticks came out a, uh, a little earlier than expected. And uh, anyway, I went shed hunting the other day, you know, and uh, I came home. Uh, I don't know if this is, it's kind of PG, but it's kind of rated R at the same time. But anyway, uh, I got home after shed hunting, and uh, I was taking a shower and. You know, I found just, a tick on the head of my penis the no. other day. Uh, oh, way to steal his thunder. Yeah, you stole way my thunder, steal but, uh, thunder. You guys want to see it? No, but I wasn't going to go. <laughs> the, t- the tick? <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> that was kind of bad. But anyway. So, uh, Sean, I apologize. It's okay. Uh, I might not come back to this. Show. <laughs> I'm going to keep getting interrupted. You know what I mean? but, uh, anyway, what happened was I got home and I was just uh, taking a shower, you know, like normal. And uh, there was a, I thought it was just a dingleberry there in my, in my butt crack. But uh, so I was trying to pick this thing off and I thought, holy cow, like, why ain't this dingleberry coming off? You know, it, must be like, it must be like the mother of all dingleberries, you know. And uh, so, uh, anyway. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, I know, I know, I know. That's crazy. But anyway, the story gets better. So uh, I went out in the living room, and I after I got all dried off and stuff, because I knew there had to be a tick in there, I said, hey, Paxton, he's my... Uh, 
Paxton's my six-year-old. I said, Paxton, I said, you need to do daddy a favor. You know, Paxton, he's daddy's boy. He's like, oh, dad, dad, what do you need me to do? And I said, well, buddy. I said, never mind. So uh, I said, no, daddy, I want to do it. He said, I said, no, son, where's your mom at? So I said, honey, you know, my wife, Jamie, good woman. I said, hey, come here for a second. You know, and I had the tweezers in my hand, and I said, honey, I think I got a tick in my butt crack. And, uh, so in my she, butt crack. In my butt crack, man. It was like down by, I mean, close to my chocolate starfish. It was close. So, so anyway, she comes in the bathroom, and she's like, honey, this is weird. And I said, well, you need to do it because he's down there. So anyway, she goes down there, and I spread my butt cheek, and she grabbed that tick off there, and she pulled that tweezer up at her, and there was a tick, and it had butt hair all over it, and it was, <laughs> it was funny. But anyway, if you think it's a dingleberry, it might be a tick. Well, that's the moral of the story. But the ticks are real heavy this year. You know, we went mushroom hunting. We had ticks everywhere, and they got some good repellents out there. I don't know if Jimmy sells any in the shop I or not. I do not. not. But, You're uh, talking about, like, DEET? Maybe might should. be a good investment. Yeah. They, got some, they got some tick repellent. No, it has no scent to it. Uh, Considering half your business is based on going outside and yeah, ticks everywhere. You know, good bit. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. I'm yeah. sorry if any kids were listening about my butt crack, but it was a good story, you know. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought he was going towards the testicles, my, my direction, the waistband yeah. area. The waistband. They like the waistband. Yeah. They like burrowing in there. I'm not yeah. sure why. It's not pleasant either. But I don't have to have my wife get it off for me. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I couldn't get it off. You know, with them tweezers, you know, I couldn't. I would have been had to pull all my butthole hair out of there. There was no way. There would have been no way to do it. Should have just went and got it waxed. Yeah. Just oh, take no, the tick no. with all oh, the hair. Yeah, that oh don't, yeah, We could video that and put it on our page. That'd be uh, not the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, uh, Bill, how are you? Yes, ticks are terrible this time of year. Yeah, and they're more, even more terrible this year than what they have been yeah. in a while. And, you know, ticks don't bother me too bad. They don't gross me out or anything. The only thing that scares me is Lyme disease with the deer ticks. Yeah. Right. And they're so small. Man, uh, you find some real tiny ones. I, I mean, that just and got off of places, of course, but uh, they're, they're, they're so small that you can't even tell they're a tick until, you know, you get some kind of rain around it or something. Yeah. You get is that Lyme disease? You get the bullseye, which leads, yeah, that means oh, you've been bit by a So I tick. have Lyme disease. Do you have a bullseye? I have like seven of them. You're kidding. No. Since you see how it? long? I don't know. Since like last year? No. Yeah. Dude, I, had to, I work with a guy who got bit on his left arm, and he had a bullseye, and within a week, his arm literally like stopped working like it should. He started to lose function in his arm, so... Yeah, that's not a bullseye. Mm, I'm not sure he's showing me like oh, for everybody listening, he showed me scars from when he was like eight years old and <laughs> fell in the rocks. <laughs> that was on a pair of scissors. All right, you're not supposed to run with scissors. I ran with a pair of scissors. I jabbed a pair of my arm. That's where it's scarred from. All right. Oh Jesus! So don't run with scissors. running with scissors. Ticks in our buttholes. Pets' <laughs> 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 heads are falling off. Oh yeah. Mm. But anywho, uh, so. Uh, Let's talk about these uh, price these hunting leases anymore. Have you guys seen yeah, it's like crazy. what they're trying to charge for 100 acres and stuff yeah. like that? Base camp leasing. Uh, I, I saw 100 acres because I get updates from them every now and then. And uh, I saw, it, I think it was 100 acres, and they wanted like two or $3,000 yeah. for a year. And that is just absolutely retarded. It's like that everywhere. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, you know, with a lot, a lot more people, you know, they're shooting bigger bucks here in the Midwest. You know, we're, there's always been big bucks in the mid Midwest, but uh, people are really, really, really focusing on trophy hunting now, and uh, you got people coming from out of state, you know, and uh, they're paying it. They're paying it, you yeah. know, because they want them big bucks on the ground. But yeah. that's ruining it for a lot of locals. A lot of people have quit quit bow hunting because of that. I've got a good friend who is a heck of an archer. Um, he's getting fed up with it. He's getting disgusted. The place he's hunted forever sold. There's going to sell this past year because the woman who owned it had died and the state of Illinois got a hold of it. Uh, he's without a place to hunt. He's been looking. Everybody's leasing their stuff out. Everybody. Yeah, you can't just go up to a farmer and say, hey, I'll do a little work for you or or do this and that, and if, if you'll just let me hunt. And, and you had to act like it's a big deal to just let somebody hunt their ground. I mean, if you're respectable, you're not going to leave any trash. You're not going to kill any trees. You're not going to do any of this or any of that. And it's really not that big of a deal, but for some reason, they're just blowing it up. I think Sean's got – that's the way you're set up right now, isn't it? Yeah, this year I actually got a 220-acre lease in Indiana, and uh, the owner said all I got to do is help around the farm a little bit. Oh, no. You're right. Helping the, around the farm. The owner said, you know, I just got to help around the farm a little bit, and uh, I'm more than welcome to hunt the whole fall. And I'm uh, pretty blessed, you know, to get that because that just doesn't happen anymore because, and I can see it from both ends of the spectrum. You know, you got that farmer, you know, he can make, if he can make $4,000 a year, you know, that's uh, a lot of coin. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of that's a lot of money, you know, for towards equipment or whatever. And but on the other hand, a lot of landowners don't know that respectable hunters will take care of their ground, you know, and managing their ground. Um, a lot better. Oh uh, yeah, a lot better. You know, keep trespassers off their land. Um, keep the meth heads out of there. Yeah, keep yeah. It, it, oh lord, I, I I even on the lease that I buy, we found bags of stuff you go back in the middle of nowhere and you'll find bottles of this and and it's a meth lab is what it is yeah. and how, how do you not get them on camera you can get a buck you know 170 inch deer that is the most skittish thing you've ever tried to hunt in your life and you can get him on camera but you can't get a meth head on camera yeah maybe they're invisible maybe they are invisible maybe when you're high on meth if you don't learn anything from this podcast today what you guys should learn, boys and girls, is that meth heads are invisible. <laughs> like a Harry Potter invisibility cloak they wear to go in, make meth, come back out to avoid every camera that you have. But if you are listening, I'm going to get away from the buckless youper talk for a while. Cause, uh, and I used to talk like, I used to... Sean is a youper, but uh, I, I he's am. lived in Indiana long enough to not talk yeah. like that anymore. I used to talk like this all the time, you know. <laughs> when I first moved here, people made fun of me, but uh, I got I talk normal now, I think. But anyway, uh, a good thing if you're if you're really wanting to do some door knocking and and trying to get permission on private ground, I had a buddy once, and he actually made up almost like business cards, and he wrote on there, say ten things that he wouldn't do. And um, basically, I won't climb any trees, or if I do climb trees, I won't harm the trees. If I see any trash, I will pick it up. Um, if I see anybody trespassing, I will call you or the game warden. Basically, a certain set of things that you would do for that landowner and put it on that card, give them your name, give them your number, and say, hey, 
if you if you want, you know, if you're willing to give me permission to hunt your ground, you know, give me a call. And, uh, and that's if you, a good idea. Yeah, that's and if really you do that, to, if you do that to ten <clears throat> ten landowners, and if you, if you get one of those ten, you know, that's, that's, you're hunting. That's you're hunting. yeah, you're you got something to hunt on. And the biggest thing I think too is, is don't be afraid to ask. Don't yeah. don't be afraid to go knock on a door. Uh, you know, uh, the the worst they can say is no. I mean, it's not like they're gonna shoot you. I don't know if it's Gordon. If you drop, if you knock on Jimmy's door, he'll probably shoot you. <laughs> but uh, they're they're not gonna do anything to you. So I mean, knocking on a door and getting a no is the worst thing that can happen. Why wouldn't you go around and ask? I yeah, mean, it's not that yeah. hard. You can get a. Hold and you're of gonna them. meet some interesting people. I've heard some some hilarious stories. Um, one guy was telling me they were up in North Dakota, I think, uh, pheasant hunting, and they stopped by this house, asked for permission to to hunt this little area out in this field. And he said the guy, the guy had a one-eyed cat on his shoulder and he was like eating a ham salad sandwich or something. And he would take a bite and then he'd feed the cat a bite. And I mean, you just, you know, you never know what you're going to run into. No. Yeah. That'd be awesome. He said it was really odd. They felt like they were, what's that movie, Deliverance, where they're way yeah. back in the middle of the sticks. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, get out there and ask. The worst they can do is no. Yeah. The least thing it is. Oh, <laughs> break down. <laughs> well, leasing is um, expensive. Yeah, if you get on that base camp leasing, and that's tough. I mean, it's well, it's not only the leasers that are getting in on the leases. The leasers will say, "Oh, I'm going to do this for a thousand dollars," and like, "Well, we need to lease bacon grand on this, so they'll bump it up to two, and then you're not just paying the landowners; you're paying the other half of that money to somebody that's just advertising. I mean, it's one thing, you know, if it's like a realtor, except for you know, you're not selling a house. You're not actually selling anything to anybody. You're just, they're, all they're doing is leasing it for a year. And then if you don't lease it to next year, they get to do it to somebody else. Yeah. I think it's gross, to be honest with you. I heard, now I heard somewhere it was like $22 an acre, but that must be a low number, hey? Yeah, base, uh, what we did, well, we looked it up at base camp and, and they didn't even do it by, by the acre. They actually did it by uh, the kind of ground that you have. Uh, if, if you have a really productive ground, and they know somebody's going to pay the money for it, they're going to bump the price up even more rather than somewhere that's just got some shrub trees and it's not holding a whole lot of deer, maybe just a travel corridor or something like that. Uh, they won't charge as much because they want to sell it. But if they know they can sell it for X amount of dollars, they're going to bump it. They're going to bump the price up big time. I've been hearing $20. $20, That's okay. what I've been hearing, roughly so $20 so you guys for mediocre me ground. No, 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 no. I'm just throwing I can't believe you guys doing this to me. Well, we're not beating you down. No, I, just, I, don't like I heard you guys that. Anymore. I don't ever want to do this podcast. <laughs> I heard 22 somewhere, and I thought, you know, I, I guess it could be affordable, you know, if you if you get the right guys together. And, but I, well, yeah, I guess if you're going to – so I'm picturing me going out and trying to lease 100 acres at $20 an acre. I mean, that's – two thousand dollars mm-hmm. for one guy i mean that's a lot of money it is a lot of money it's a lot of money with no guarantees that's right that's yeah. just access yep you know and then they have and then each landowner has their own stipulations on what you're allowed to do yeah. some food plots some can't yeah. some, you know, you some won't let you do uh won't let you actually put a lock on up when and indent the tree you have some tree huggers out there i'm fortunate enough this year i get to hunt 220 acres in mm-hmm. illinois for free, but the landowners don't live close, so uh, now I got to deal with <laughs> trespassers and guys that say they've been hunting there for thirty years, and it's it's just tough. <laughs> well, we and uh, this this acres he's talking about, we we went there 
one time, and uh, we got, and it's just amazing, you know, what people think they're entitled to just because, you know, it used to be somebody else's, and they used to hunt it all the time. We ran into a, a, a older gentleman who pretty much come up and told us that him and his entire family, and that's nephews, uh, nieces, his great grandchildren, ex wife, ex ex wife. That's right. He said, hey, yeah, yeah, my ex wife's got a blind down there, and I'm thinking I got written permission to rent my car, right? And your ex wife's hunting. <laughs> and that's the way he thought. He's like, hey, and 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 this goes back to. I mean, I know we were just kind of talking about it's hard to get permission, but. You know, if it's somebody else's, you can't just go, oh, this is mine. This ain't yours. I don't care how much money you paid for it. It don't work that way. Right. It, don't, it don't work that way at all. <laughs> and unless you get the landowner to actually come down and contact all these people, that's an inconvenience. I, th- I don't want to do that to the landowner. Say, hey, could you come down here and just kick all these people off? I just, that's not my place. I, all I can say is, hey, I ran into this guy and his 30 cousins and their <laughs> cousins' cousins are hunting your ground, you know, you might want to post it or, or do something. But I did find a 160-inch eight-pointer dead this year. So the genetics are there. Big deer Is there. Is that where you found the big deer? Mm-hmm. It was, no, un- kidding. It was unfortunate, yeah. you know, that I found them dead. But um, unfortunate to someone that shot him. Right. Did, did it, was it, you think somebody shot him? Yeah, he was laying in his bed, and, you know, he was he, he still had fur on him. He right. Was, he was hard-horned. I, I imagine he died from, from a wound. wound. I couldn't find it anywhere, but. So this year, I'm you know I'm looking forward to this year, but that's a private land. Private land that the owners don't live nearby is going to be tough. Yeah, that, that's going to be real tough, especially if you start running into people you've never seen. Before. And a lot of state, you know. Yeah. A lot of there's a lot of a lot of these Illinois boys that don't like the Indiana boys coming hunting on their ground, but oh well, it is what it is, right? Yeah, you'll have that. You'll have it. There's nothing they can do about it though. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you don't, if you have the permission and they don't. That's right. Yeah, and they're on that, that stupid. You know, and I'm paying. Time. You know, what I think. Uh, what's his nuts? And I were talking. Uh, I forgot his name. <laughs> what's your name? Michael. Michael, Michael and I were talking, and uh, <laughs> what's his nuts? Oh yeah. So Michael and I were talking. Your name, Michael. I'm sorry. I forgot you. I'm bad with names. <laughs> what's his nuts? I'm bad with names, but uh, we were talking. And what were we talking about? Michael, <laughs> See, this this whole conversation just turned into nothing. No, no. We no. were doing good, Sean. It didn't turn into nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I got it. Listen, I, you know, I think we talked about it. I think it's going to cost me uh, $472 to hunt Illinois. You know, and I'm not complaining. It's a lot of money. But listen, there's big deer in Illinois. And, and I'm going to pay that money to hunt it. So... And that money's going to the state of Illinois or wherever it goes. I mean, you know, it's not like I'm coming over here hunting for free. I'm paying a good chunk of money yeah. to hunt. So and I, thankfully, Duke Energy doubled, what, quadrupled the prices for everybody. Uh, yeah. Employees the, could afford to hunt. That's what I read. Well, <laughs> I will tell you, as a Duke Energy employee, we get no benefits. <laughs> because as your rates increase, so do mine. <laughs> yes. But and you talked, you said something about genetics. Uh, that is something that I am really grateful for, as far as the way what, how DNR, muscled your body is, yeah, or what? Yeah, my body is. <laughs> you got the good genetics. So muscular, good. but got those genetics. But uh, but like DNR and the, the, they have deer management teams. They have all this stuff that keep track of how many deer we kill, how many deer we're allowed to kill, how many deer we're not allowed to kill. Yada yada yada. And uh, they're really doing a wonderful job. I mean, 
just over the past 10 years, the genetics. You're talking about the Indiana DNA. And, and, and both. But, I mean, both. you got to think about Illinois. I mean, has it always been this way? I, as far as just most There are a lot of people that don't like the Illinois DNR. They don't um, like them? No, very, very critical of the Illinois DNR because, you know, it goes back to the 2012, at least in this area, and it's different in every area of the state, but we had EHD really bad. Okay. So, like, on this farm here where the shop's at, um, a good hunt pre-2012 you might see 15 to 20 deer on a good hunt. 2012 to 2014-ish, when there was no age structure left, you'd be lucky to see one or two deer during the hunt. Really? So it really sucked, yet the harvest totals for the counties were still, you know... Staying the same? Staying the same, okay. and so we have these pockets of EHD that are getting hit. People are saying, slow down the tags. The Illinois still got the extra doe seasons, the antlerless only. Right. So some people are getting really upset. Now, I'm, I'm not arguing with you that Illinois is not very good at managing their herd. It's just that there's a lot of people, a lot of citizens in Illinois that, that wouldn't agree with that statement. And I'm, I'm sure that goes on a area-to-area basis. It does. And, it does. You know, because – and but as far as Indiana, and even I, I was raised in Kentucky, uh, over the past 10 years or so, the, just the size, the average size of the deer has grown tremendously. There's so many more big deer coming out. So many more Boone and Crockett bucks. I mean, look at Kentucky. They just killed the world record last year. I don't know exactly how many inches it was. but Or Tennessee, I'm sorry. But still, that's still Tennessee, yeah. Uh, what Indiana did is they went to a one-buck rule. It used to be two. Right. And I think in 2003 or four, somewhere around there, they went to a one-buck rule, and I think it's helped. So you're seeing some more age structure mm-hmm. because of that. Oh, for yeah. sure. But yeah. we still got hit by the EHD as well. Yeah. And... Uh, I don't think it took quite as much of a toll on Indiana as it did in Illinois, but um, you could definitely see oh, that. Decline. We also didn't have the bonus dough. You did not. No, we just had. Well, they just added that on recently. That the bonus uh, gun, the late season gun mm-hmm. dough, a bonus dough season. Yeah, the December twenty fifth till the end of season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they just added that on. Now, a lot of people don't agree with that, or especially bow hunters, of course. Uh, or the high fire rifle season they just opened in Indiana. It is just uh, public or private ground, but uh, it's still a lot. So in, in Indiana, though, during gun season, you can still take your bow out, right? Oh, yeah, for yes. sure. And see, in Illinois, you cannot, which I think is foolish. It that is foolish, foolish yeah. Um, because there are a lot of bow hunters who sit out the gun weekends here in Illinois because they don't want to hunt with a gun. Right. You know? Um, so they just have to sit at home and do nothing. They can't. They don't hunt. They can't. Hunt. I think that's crazy. I think if you want to put on your blaze orange like the gun hunter and carry a bow, yeah. Go I mean that's, there. What, that's what we do. The, what's yeah. the problem? I don't go hunt. No, yeah. I don't go hunt at all. I don't. I, I, I own a gun, but I don't. We never take it out. I yeah, mean, it's not. Uh, I, it's not even a choice for me. And I did not know that. By yeah. the way, that was that's completely new to me. I didn't know. Yeah. So don't. Mind. If you got a lease here in Illinois, don't come over on a gun season with your bow. And another thing with the late, you were talking about the late archery, you know, I'm not a biologist, but I would, I think most of those does during that late season are bred. So I think you're killing a doe that's already been bred. So you're not only killing that doe, but you're killing her fawn or two that she has with her. Yep. Which so could, that's could another be. reason I don't like the late season yeah. harvest. Yeah. And see, that's the way I look at it here at the farm, um, trying to, you know, manage what little area you have. Um, I'm always on my son. He he loves to harvest deer, loves killing does, and I'll let him kill one or two a year, and then I shut him off because it's unlimited in Illinois. You can kill as many does as you want to try and build the herd back up, and I've always explained to him, 
yeah, you're you're taking this doe in October, but you're also taking maybe three deer out next year. Maybe her, and if she has twins, mm-hmm. maybe triplets. Um, and it so, could be, and it could be his triplets. Yeah, you, you never know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah, exactly. So, we try and keep the doe harvest to a minimum here on this farm. Now, if the numbers got way out of whack and there's just does all over the place and they're outnumbering the bucks, then yes, we would do some doe management, but. Right now, post-EHD, we're still fairly, wasn't that long ago. I still feel like, at least for my little area, my corner of the world, we need to lay off on the does. That, that's my personal opinion. They carry, and uh, contrary to popular belief, uh, if you actually do your homework on uh, genetics of deer, most of the genetics do come from the doe. I've heard that. Yeah. And uh, and that's coming from, and you can't argue with the science of of, and genetics of deer now because they have so many deer farms these days where you know I don't I don't agree with you know high fence hunting we're not talking about that but just deer farms in general where they are just specifically studying uh, the genetics and where it comes from with deer now some of it does come from the buck but most of your big buck genetics and and mass and stuff like that comes from the doe it does not come from the buck it's like calling a deer you know you call a deer it's got one messed up horn on one side that's not possible yeah. Not possible whatsoever. You can call one because it's killing other deer. Because if he's got one spike and he's fighting a bunch of deer and he's gouging eyes out and he's puncturing lungs and, you know, doing all that stuff, that's fine. But trying to take it out of the herd, that's not possible. It's coming from a doe somewhere that you're never going to know it. Yeah. So That's a good point. Yeah. And I also heard that, actually, I've heard people say, uh, oh, you don't want your herd to get inbred. <laughs> I've also heard um, from a biologist that um, actually your, if you have a doe, her son, if her son breeds with her daughter, or if her son breeds back to her, you're going to have a bigger deer. That's how you get your a lot of your antler growth comes from that from that's incest? why you from got incest. a that's why you got a world record coming out of tennessee that's correct that makes a whole lot of sense <laughs> so but but no i but, <laughs> it took the you for a second yeah, to get over that, that one but, you know, I, now that's 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 all hearsay maybe we should do a little scientific more, hearsay or well, yes from a biologist and maybe we should do some more research before, before i throw that on a podcast but <laughs> I did hear that. I we're, heard not, we're not about research. We just like to throw stuff up there. And I did hear that. That's right. Uh-oh. This just in, folks. Uh-oh. We got a news bulletin. Uh, Jimmy was completely wrong. Archery season will go through the entire season this year. Really? On private land only. No kidding. Archery permits are not valid during the firearm season except in those counties closed to firearm deer hunting. Now, this is something new. Wow. Folks. Something new. New for 2017. Go, That's Carter. good. So now all the gun hunters will push some dust. That's right. Oh, yes. Oh, That's right. I'll be out there in my orange. Oh, you got it. You got all it. Right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yep. Got a big crowd today. You got a fantastic. Thank you. Man. Hey, good job, Mike. <laughs> good, good job, What's His Nuts. <laughs> I was going to say Tim, but. <laughs> I forgot. Is it Mike? Okay. Michael. This fish hook threw me off. He's got his hat. <laughs> like, whoo, blinded me. <laughs> oh, that's great. Archery season during gun season. Wow. In the counties which gun season is permitted. Yes. With a valid gun permit. 
with a valid gun permit. So you have to have so the, have gun, to buy the permit. gun permit. Oh, no. It's only another 480 bucks oh. for you. <laughs> what the heck, man? Well, that doesn't do me any good. <laughs> no, so, sorry, Duke Energy customers. So I, would, so I would have to buy. You'd have to buy a gun tag to use your bow. Well, you have to buy a gun tag to use your bow during a gun season. So they want more money. Yeah. They want more money. Well, they need it because they're broke. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they're so broke because they got everybody and their mother coming here and paying 400 and some odd dollars for a tag. You know, that's something we ought to do for a future podcast is look into the breakdowns of firearm tags sold. Sure. How much revenue is generated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Per well, state. Well, and here, and from non-residents and residents. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because I think there's normally 21,000 non-resident tags. Is there 21,000? I think. Wow. So they do the draw in June. Um, from June 1st to June 31st, they do the non-resident draw. And whoever doesn't put in for that draw, they go on a counter, over-the-counter sales in September. Okay. The remainder. That's a lot of tags. That is, is a lot of that's tags. That's a lot of yeah, tags. But I don't think they all sell. Well, I wouldn't think so. And you can't, they're not all either sex tags either. Those are the ones that are expensive, right? So, Sean, what does it cost for you to come to Illinois and kill a doe? $472. That's for your either sex, right? That's for a buck, a doe. That's for- So, let's say that you harvested a doe. You're like, man, I want another doe for my freezer. How much are you needing to spend for a second, your second doe tag? Isn't it just like 25 bucks? No, that's included in that tag, I believe. I know, but if you use that first one and you go back to get another one. As a non-resident? Yes. I think it's $25. Okay. So some of those are $25 tags. Some of those are $25 tags? Yeah. So we need to do a breakdown on either sex versus antler. But just so everybody knows, if they sold 21,000 tags, just out-of-state first tag you buy, not bonus tag. And uh, which well, that's what that would be is a bonus St. Louis though, uh, right? That's, yeah, that's what yep. that would be. Yep. Uh, that it would be a total of uh, just about ten million dollars that yeah. they're making just off of out of state people. And I'll bet it's I'll bet it's about half that. About half probably. that. You're once, probably right. Once we figure out how many antlerless only tags versus the others, uh, that's ten million dollars. Yeah. What would you do on with $10 deer tags? Well, if you and if you actually look into because this is all going supposedly going to DNR, going to uh, your state ground, keeping that up, keeping up with that. You know, that's where all this money goes to. Did, did you guys know that every single piece of equipment you buy from, whether it be Gander Mountain, some kind of hunting, trapping, fishing, F-E-T. equipment. Huh? F-E-T. Yeah. It, uh, there's a percentage of that that all also goes right back into land management and all your state ground and, and all that stuff. And why is everybody looking at me? No, I'm no, not. I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I'm trying to decide if you're talking about something that's in the sales tax or if you're talking about the manufacturing tax. Uh, I believe it's in the sales tax because there's a manufacturing tax too called FET. That's I didn't know that. Eleven percent. So, let's say that I'm Botech or Hoyt or Matthews or any of the big companies' obsession. If you take a raw material and create something that you're going to sell. You pay an 11% manufacturing tax called FET. It's the Robertson, I believe it's called the Robertson Pittman Act that goes back into just what you were talking about, out into the uh, outdoor outdoor industry as far as the, the land. Land management. That's, I mean, that's management. how we get all this money because not, not long ago in Indiana on the Wabash River, they opened up thousands of acres of public ground. Yeah, that's public exactly ground. how they do it. And that's how they do it. Yeah, yeah, that's where they get their money. Yep. yep. Very is, interesting. It's really good. Yeah, and that's what part of the reason why people are so upset with these fly-by-nighters who are manufacturing products out of their garage or basement, and they're not paying FET. Right. So they're doing a copycat product, 
selling it to the public, Joe Q Public says, hey, that's great. I can buy, you know, whatever this is for a lot less, a third of the price. Well, yeah, that's great for Joe Q Public, but the FET's not being paid. The manufacturer doesn't just pocket that money. He's got people that works for him that he's paying for them and they're raising a family and it just all trickles down everywhere that, you know, it's really a big deal. Yeah, that People is a big start deal. undercutting them. And it's bad. You know, I was on a, I don't know if I can say it or not, but I was on a scent crusher field staff and some of the guys on the scent crusher field staff left the field staff after they found out what it was and they were going home and they were making their own ozone generated scent totes and, you know, that, that's, it's horrible. That's yeah. bad. Yeah, you're you're not yeah. doing any good. And just so we get this clear, Buper, um, we're not brand loyal. We are not uh, oh, that's right. to anything. We're we're not doing this. We're not biased. You know, we might argue, we might cut up about a few things here and there. But anything you want to mention, it, 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 the word not about. There that. ain't no copyright but. on my voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, we are not brand loyal at all. So well, that's good. We unless, can we can unless talk it about comes anything. to obsession boats. <laughs> no, we're not brand loyal to obsession either. I no. sell obsessions, but we're not brand loyal to them. No. We're not obsession. We're not a uh, brand loyal to Athens either, are we? No, huh? No, no Athens hasn't made the cut yet. No, no. and even, you know, here's the thing. So, <laughs> as a bow shop owner, people always ask me, "What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Whether it's a release, whether it's a arrows, a bow." Anything broadhead, my answer, my standard answer to everybody is shoot them all, That's shoot right. as many as you possibly can, pick the one that you shoot the best, and it's going to change next year. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that's a simple fact. You could love a bow this year from one brand, and then you pick up another bow next year, or five years down the road, or whatever, totally different you shoot brand, it, totally different brand. And, yeah. and then you're getting people that are shunning people for leaving that brand. Because, uh, Matthew, uh, hoy. And it's, I think that's retarded. I think that's just, that's awful. If you find something that you can shoot, that you like to shoot, yeah. shoot it. Yeah, I mean. It I, shouldn't I, make a difference. I bought my Bowtech new in 2011. And. <laughs> still shooting it. I've killed a lot of animals with that bow, and I love it. At least you know? for two years he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I killed turkeys. Turkeys. Oh, oh that's sorry. right. We're not talking yeah, to the, right. We're not talking we're to not the, the turkless Hoosier. We're right. talking about <laughs> I killed two big deer with that bow. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, two turkeys. But, anyway. But you still 3D so, shoot with it, too. So, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, what are you I'm, saying? Botex like... are only good for two big bucks, and then they dry <laughs> <Yeah>. out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying I'm comfortable with my Botex. But, you know, the Obsession bows, I shot one today. Um, and, I mean, they're dead in the hand. There's zero shock. They're, I mean, they're, from what I've seen, they're great bows, you know. And uh, it's all to each his own, like Jimmy said. Don't shoot them all. Me. Shoot yeah. it. And then the next person that comes in here and shoots an obsession, they go, oh, I like it way better than this. Well, who cares? Go shoot that. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. that's it's what okay. you're comfortable with. It's yep. fine. Exactly. That's So we're zero brand loyalty here until, until we, we get a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to watch how fast we roll over. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and we come out with the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm kidding. Right. I'm kidding. Even if, you know, we're doing this just because it's fun and we enjoy each other's company and uh, we'd be doing this anyway if we weren't recording it. But, um, you know, if someday down the road it ever got to where a sponsor would want to join, I think that'd be great. But but even then it would be, 
I'm not going to play the, you know, the role of the shill who's just going to be, my gosh, you know, X company's the best because they take care of me and, you know, <laughs> I'm catching their checks and I'm getting free products. So that's the way it's got to be. No. We I know, don't roll like that. We know a guy, though. <laughs> uh, we can't be name specific on your guys. Everybody knows a guy. Everybody knows a guy. We all know a guy. Yeah, we know a guy. But that won't be us. So what you can expect from us in the future, I think we're going to wind down because we're running a little over an hour. Um, what you can expect from us is just real talk. Maybe real funny, maybe real dumb. We don't know. It's just off the cuff what what we're thinking. But um, I'm looking forward to this this adventure. Oh, me too. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, thanks for having me, guys. You and know, thanks uh, to Sean. I hope I can come back again and visit. You know, I'm not gonna be on every podcast, but uh, if you want me back, you know, give me a like. You know, <laughs> I'll be back. But uh, thanks, guys. Hope yeah. you like the kick in the ass story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. We're getting ready to go play with what's his nuts over there. See you guys. See, See ya. ya. <laughs>